Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, such a great place to live, work, and play. Hope you're having a great day. You know, we talk a little, well, I say a little, we actually, from time to time, talk a lot about entrepreneurship uh, from a wide variety of, of guests looking at it from a bunch of different points of view. Probably the one that I've enjoyed the most, if you look over a series of conversations, it's been with my friend Mark Henderson, who owns Lazy Magnolia with his wife, uh, the first brewery in Mississippi, and also owns a company called Log Linear Group. And he has some very sophisticated uh, patents as it relates to radar technology. And he's just really a a great guy to talk about entrepreneurship. I'm going to talk to you about a new partnership that – Super Talk Mississippi Media News is, is developing with Mark. And before we do that, let me bring him into the conversation and first just say good morning to you, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing great, Ricky. Good to have uh, good to be back with you. Good to good to see you too, my friend. So um, look, uh, the partnership is 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 uh, is terrific. The fact that we're going to have you writing regular columns about entrepreneurship that will be posted at Super Talk Mississippi News, and of course, if you I've tell, told people you can go to supertalk.fm. You can see that online when you when you actually go to supertalk.fm. What you'll immediately get is a window that gives you the ability to sign up for the newsletter. I really encourage people to sign up for the newsletter. The Super Talk Mississippi News team is doing a terrific job of capturing uh, news across the state of Mississippi. And then they feed that back into 51 radio stations across the state of Mississippi. Think about that. The 26 radio stations that are part of the Super Talk Mississippi media family and then 25 additional radio stations. So when you hear Super Talk Mississippi News on this channel or other channels, like WCPR and others here in coastal Mississippi, it's coming through that effort. And uh, when news happens in coastal Mississippi that's relevant to the rest of the state, it then goes to 51 radio stations across the state. It's also on the on online at supertalk.fm. You can also sign up for the app. They have a great great app on online that gives you access to the shows, and you can listen to the radio programs across the state of Mississippi by using the app. You can listen to the shows by just going to the supertalk.fm page as well. You can watch Supertalk. Uh, TV there that's in a partnership um, in in the state. Um, you can watch the supertalk.fm. Then you can, uh, excuse me, supertalk TV. Then you can go to Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast and listen to these channels. The, the bottom line is that Supertalk is a multimedia organization, very entrepreneurial, I might add. That's, that's, uh, that's what entrepreneurial companies do. They continue to innovate and adopt new technologies and all that. And Mark's going to be writing a column on entrepreneurship and man he's in a really good position to do that and uh, i'm looking forward to to uh to reading you have read your first column which will be published in the next day or two and uh, man you did a great job but it's going to be exciting it's fun for you to be writing isn't it you know it's, it's been a long time since i've done that uh when i, I took a, a class in um uh, uh 
English lit way back when, right? And one of the things that professor made me do was write every day. Uh, she she required a journal. Didn't care what you wrote about, but you had to write. And so I'm out a little out of practice, but uh, I mean the reality is is that uh, Les and I have gathered a lot of great experience over the years. And there's really only two ways to get experience: you can get it the uh, hard way, or you can get it from someone else's hard way. And yeah. if we could share some of that uh, with the people of Mississippi and inspire some, you know, the next generation of entrepreneurs. You know, I'm I'm getting a little long in the tooth. I'm the last I think the first time we ever talked, I didn't have any gray hair in my beard, and uh, <laughs> that is no longer the case. So, oh man, and you also have long hair. For people who are watching <laughs> on YouTube and Facebook, you you see a very clean cut Mark Henderson. But there was a time there when you had uh, pretty pretty long hair, didn't you? I, I did. I, I had it about halfway down my back. Uh, but that's you know, I, I had run into uh, Joanne nicely who does uh, yeah. Pink Hearts Fund, and uh, yeah. she reached up one day and ran her fingers through my hair when I was at an event. And I was like, uh, Joanne, I'm married. And she's like, oh, but you have nice hair. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne is a dear friend. In fact, uh, I tell you, this has been a long time ago. This is like the early 80s. She dated a, a, a young man, and I dated his sister. And at the same time, so this was I me mean, for like for three or four years. You know, this is, it was a long friendship, and she cut my hair for many, many, many years. And of course, when I moved over to Biloxi, it was you know I had to because she's in Long Beach. It was a little bit harder to get to her. But uh, she's been on the show many times. In fact, she's coming up actually pretty soon here to talk about uh, her upcoming fundraiser. But she's really dedicated. But, you know, look, I'm lucky to have any hair. Not, having hair is not in my family. And I've got, I've got thin hair, but I've got hair, thank God. If I had your hair, I'd be wearing it down to my shoulders, man. Because I bet she enjoyed rubbing her hands to your – she probably said, that, look, this is going to be some great hair for somebody who has cancer and going through treatment. And that's what it was all about, isn't it? It's 100%. So that's exactly – she, she, she did that uh, – and I've donated my hair uh, three times now, I think. Yeah. So it takes several years to grow out uh, like that. And yeah. uh, then, then you donate it. And, and you know that you're doing something good in the community. And we would have events for her as well and raise enough money to make sure that those that, that hair got turned into real wigs for real people. Yeah, I, I just I'm just so so proud of what she's done. She took her, you know, Robin Roberts and her mother often said that you got to make your mess your message. And I think that in Joanne's case with breast cancer, she's done that. She's made her mess her message, and she's living by example day in and day out, helping women with prosthetics and hair and all the other stuff that, that, that challenges women when they have to go through chemotherapy and, and radiation therapy and all of that. So good, she's doing such, such good work. Hey, listen, I, one of the things I did, I, I pulled up the Oxford uh, def, definition of entrepreneurship. And, you know, I, I was just curious. But then when I read it, it seemed so simple that I thought maybe I'll share it with you. And um, I just want to get your reaction to this because um, it's all so simple. And again, this is just one sentence and it's, it's easy. So here it is. And give me your reaction. Okay. The, the definition of entrepreneurship, the activity of setting up a business or businesses taking on financial risk and the hope of profit. It's, that's all there is to it, isn't it? <laughs> What's your reaction to that definition? So, so, so hope is an absolutely right word. Um, and uh, I, I had a good friend who, who told me on more than one occasion, hope is not a plan. And uh, I would say that you know we, we absolutely make all the plans. Successful entrepreneurs always have a plan. 
Um, it may change, but you, but you got to you got to start someplace, right? And you got to focus in on that, and you got to do it. But at the end of the day, it's hope because mm-hmm. you don't know how it's going to end, right? I mean, you've got a vision for this thing, you don't know which way it's going to go exactly. You 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 think it wants to go this way, and this is where you're going to find the most value. And you know, I consider any business. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all in business. We're in business for ourselves every day. Um, you know, and, and we're just trying to create the most value we can. And entrepreneurship is is one of those where you say, hey, like I got this crazy idea. Maybe maybe there's a place for it in the world, but you don't know. Yeah, you and, don't know. And actually, we're gonna talk a little bit about that because one of the things that you wrote about that. In fact, we'll, we'll we'll go to that here in just a second. Is uh, I think really applicable. But hey, listen, when I think about hope, when I read that, as you know, later in my career, I was involved in some pretty dramatic and transformative digital media efforts. Hope to me was certainly you were hoping for success, but what hope did for me is it gave me dogged determination. You know, because hope in in and of itself is not actionable. You know, right. hope is sort of a sense that that vision may become a reality, but dogged determination is overcoming adversity and doing what you got to do to to make sure that you're doing what's necessary to to achieve success. And um, so you really, it's a it's a it's a, a long list of attributes that are necessary to be successful at the end of the day. That is for sure. Uh, hey, listen, before we go, we'll go to this part a minute ago that I mentioned that this whole notion of um, something you wrote that I think is really important. But before I share that, why don't you remind people about your your two businesses? Yeah. So you know, Leslie and I started Lazy Magnolia uh, twenty years ago. Actually, this year, um, twenty. That's crazy to think about. We were twenty nine year old punks uh, with this this view that we were going to somehow change the world and bring craft beer to the state of Mississippi. We got told no a million times. That people said, "Well, that'll never sell here. That you know, you don't have the skills to do that. You don't. Uh, you know, no one will ever buy your products. It's illegal in the state of Mississippi." And, uh, you know, you talk about dog, dogged determination, right? I mean, it's just you take each one of those challenges and you hammer away at it until you get past the no and you find your yes. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little bit later, uh, I started an engineering firm called Log Linear Group um, with, a, with an idea. I had access to a customer who I knew had a need and I had a view of how to do that. I worked for a company at that time and tried to convince them that it was a need that needed to be you know, met. And they uh, they refused to do it, and so we we created this entire operation, you know, a group of people to go and and build this thing that could not be built. And you know, once again, right, we get, we get to the other end of that, and we're successful. Well, when we come back on the other side, we'll zero in a little bit more on Lazy Magnolia and Log Linear Group, so you can have a true appreciation for the numerous iterations these companies have gone to. And then we'll talk about some of the ideas that he has that he'll be writing about in the coming months. Uh, really excited about this this partnership between Super Talk Mississippi News and um, entrepreneur Mark Henderson. We'll see you after this. live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Mark Henderson, who's an entrepreneur. Uh, He and his wife started Lazy Magnolia now over 20 years ago, which is amazing to me to think about that. And then uh, he has a company called Log Linear Group. And we'll talk a little bit more about Log Linear Group and this notion of an idea that others can't see. And uh, and it made me think about it. I, I, again, I had access to a first column that he wrote for this new effort, this partnership between the two of us, where he's going to be writing a conscious, a, a column about entrepreneurship. And here here's what uh, Mark wrote. Steve Jobs said, a lot of times people don't know what they want until you show it to them. And Mark goes on to say, in my mind, this is the, this is true this is true artistry of entrepreneurship. Most people can only describe what they want in terms of other things they've already seen. Entrepreneurs need a clear vision, and he puts in parentheses, and thick skin. That vision may be so alien that uh, uh, everyone tells them it's the worst idea they've ever heard of until they see the result. But that is so true, isn't it? Here, here you are. You don't have log linear group yet. You're working for a company. You see someone who needs something, you feel like you had the solution, you can't get your existing company to see that. Um, that's really not unusual, man. This happens This happens probably every single day. And whether someone sort of has got the tenacity, the dog, dog determination, the capabilities, the financing, and the long list of other things that's necessary to then break away and take that idea and go do something with it. Uh, in your case, you figured it out too, didn't you? I did. And it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting aspect of that whole process, right? Is that, you know, companies oftentimes, they, they take their best and their brightest and they're they're locked into this kind of very rigid stovepipe of the way they operate. And, you know, some of the best companies operate their own skunk works inside their own businesses in order to disrupt the business that they have. I mean, if you think about people that have existing businesses that are successful, you know, management goes, hey, look, whatever you do, just don't screw this up. Yeah, and and you've been part of that transformation, transformational change from within, where the business changes and that old way just won't do it anymore. And then yeah, you gotta for, you gotta have yeah. something, right? Yeah, for people who haven't heard the word skunk work, um, I'm I'm re, I'm reminded. Let's see, I'm trying to think. Uh, in search of excellence, something like that. In those days, that that word came about. But essentially, what he's talking about is um, is when when an effort inside a company just sort of crops up and they put some people around it and they go, they do it. It's not super organized. It's just putting some of the best and brightest together and say, flesh that idea and see what happens. Sometimes these quote unquote skunk works become become an, an answer to literally transforming a company or that sometimes they become new products and they become companies in, in and of themselves. But um, yeah, really important work. I mean, companies that are willing to do that. I reminded of what Andy Grove said once. Andy Grove from uh, what, what, Intel, what, what, wasn't it? Intel, of course. Yeah, he said, "Eat your young before someone else does." That's right. You know, putting these, putting these, you know, these skunk works in place to say, "Put us out of business," because if they could, you know, if they could, because that's what the competitors are doing. That's right. That's uh, right. So, and if, uh, and if a company doesn't do that, right, then they they actually then free people like me up to go and disrupt their business. And you know, am I going to disrupt their business? Maybe, maybe not. But I could. And if you've got a long established business, and someone like me shows up and disrupts everything that you've ever worked for and completely supplants it, 
then then you have lost. Yeah. And that's I mean, the United States was built fundamentally on this idea of constant change. And so some 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 businesses, some people, some places, they they embrace it. Some don't. Hey, so what was the solution? What what was that that what was that um, that idea that you had that kicked off Log Linear Group? So the the, the fundamental idea was uh, uh, at the time we were uh, I was I worked for a company called uh, Kinetic North America, uh, and we had a product line for measuring uh, winds. What we do is we'd take a GPS sond, a little widget, you know, about yay big, and throw it out of the back of an airplane, and it would track its position and relay that back to the aircraft and map out the wind field and. And I had this crazy idea that um, maybe, just maybe, that that could be done with radar. And uh, everybody told me that I was absolutely insane, that there was no way that that would possibly work, that if radar could see the wind, then no one would ever be able to see airplanes, you know, flying around in the skies and stuff like that. And I actually had written, uh, uh, read uh, a couple of papers uh, from a group out of uh, Kansas, of all places, and they had this kind of interesting idea, and, and I, I ran with it. And I, I mocked something up out of, you know, basically toaster parts and, and demonstrated to myself. I said, no, nah, really, I think, this, I think this will work. And uh, then I, uh, the company at that point said, no, we're not interested in doing that. And I said, well, tell you what, uh, I'll, I'll split off on my own and do it. And they're like, <laughs> more power to you, Mark. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, the, the the net result was absolutely phenomenal. It was uh, a, a very long project in the making. It took about a decade to do. Uh, millions of dollars went into it, and uh, we, in fact, we built a radar that could see the wind. And uh, it's pretty amazing that you can do that. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, the other side, you know, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, you had this great idea, and it was all about the idea." And and, and you and I both know it's it's not about the ideas. Ideas are cheap. You know, a million people have a million good ideas. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the blood, sweat, and tears of, you know, can you actually make it? And the number of times that I beat my head against the wall going, I cannot figure this out. I do not know why this is not working. And, but, you know, reading papers and studying and learning the things that I did not know and checking the technologies and, you know, really working through all the details. It takes all of that to win. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you, you always fascinated me because you had sort of this engineering side of you, you know, being, being at an early age and very engaged in science and math. And then your mother, you know, really encouraged you to do this art side of you. So, you know, people think of, you know, some, some, some people are right brain people. Some people are left brain people. Every now and then you find somebody who's right and a left brain people. So for an entrepreneur, that's a great mix because on one hand, you can be creative and innovative, think out of the box, see pictures of things. And then from an engineering point of view, start to paint, you know, and, and you know, calculate literally how I'm going to make that picture a reality, whether it be in programming or whatever it might be. But it's a, it's a unique mix. And uh, it's helped you be really successful in that in that realm of log linear group, hasn't it? So yes, and and you hit on a very important concept, which is the arts. So Leslie and I are both raising our children deeply engaged in the arts, and and our view is is that the math and the science those those things are going to come. But what you have to encourage at a very young age, right, is all the arts, the music and the language and the reading and you know all of those things, and. What I learned over the years was is that real art, 
And, and there are there are people who are hacks in the art community, right? You know, people who put up blank canvases, you know, and, and call it art. And I go, no, that's not art. I can appreciate a statement, um, but you're really a publisher, not a not you're not doing art, right? And but a, a true artist understands their media. What they do is they study the media, the thing that they're building their art out of so well that they can create anything that they can imagine. Yeah. That's what an artist is. Yeah. And so it, art by itself encompasses both this very, you know, technical, how does paint mix, right? How do you get these colors? You know, how do you get impasta techniques on a canvas, right? You know, how do these things happen? And that very clear vision of where are you headed? What is it that you want to create that no one has ever seen? You know, what I don't know if it was in your first column that you wrote or in subsequent columns, but... Um, this whole notion, I, I think it was the first column because it was this notion of people want to be their own boss and people who want to be their own boss, if that's your, if that's your compelling reason for wanting to be an entrepreneur, then you, you probably ought to bail out now because <laughs> when you're like, I, I, I again, I, I haven't been an entrepreneur true, you know, true to the sense of what an entrepreneur is, but I have been an entrepreneur inside a major corporation where I'm leading major change efforts, et cetera. I know what it looks like to feel alone, you know, in a, with an idea and in a, in a corporate change effort that others are having a hard time sort of buying into, et cetera. Um, and the point is when you're the CEO of a company or you're an entrepreneur, the one driving, you know, fundraising and developing and having to make customers happy and all that, that it is, you know, people say it's lonely at the top, and that's certainly true. It is lonely at the top. But but the other thing is, everybody's your boss. Every single body is your boss. Your your if you don't look at your your employees as your boss, but the reality is, without them, you're toast. And yep. your your investors are are your boss. And um, you know, again, the higher up you go, the harder you fall because there's <laughs> tremendous responsibility. So if you, people want to be their own boss, that's not a really good reason to want to be an entrepreneur, is it? It's not. Um, and I like your analogy of the entrepreneur within. And it's, it's, a, it's a thing that I wish more businesses actively engaged in, right, is this idea that, you know, you know, it, and it's really from both sides. It's both from the, the business point of view, but also from the, the people point of view, right? Is if people came to work every day and said, hey, look, you know what? How do I do a better job? How do I grow this thing up more than anybody could ever do? You know, if every employer comes to work every day and says, hey, look, I want to do the best that I can by my employees. And if every employee comes to work every day and said, I want to do the best that I can for this business, that's a race to the top. It is. It is. Hey, listen, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mark Henderson, entrepreneur with Lazy Magnolia and Log Linear Group, who's going to be writing a column for Super Talk Mississippi News about entrepreneurship. And we'll just continue the conversation. We'll see you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Mark Henderson from Lazy Magnolia and Log Lenny, a group. He's an entrepreneur here in coastal Mississippi and someone I really admire. Just enjoy spending time with him because he's, he's just a, he's a good dude, cares a lot about this community. And uh, he's going to be writing a column about entrepreneurship for Super Talk Mississippi uh, News that uh, I suspect will build a head of steam over time as, as uh, young entrepreneurs seasoned entrepreneurs <laughs> get to hear his advice because as you pointed out you can you can learn it through the school of really 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 hard knocks or you can learn from somebody who's been there and hopefully by learning from somebody who's been there someone who's been there you uh, you you are able to maybe not make quite so many mistakes but being an entrepreneur is about is about failing failure is your friend really isn't it uh, every day. Uh, and and you have to make friends with failure because uh, you're going to be intimate. <laughs> and, and the last thing you want is someone like that, you know, around you all the time. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to fail. And, you know, some people call it fake it till you make it. And, yeah. and you see that kind of concept. It shows up in the vernacular. People, you know, say those words. And entrepreneurship is not about faking it till you make it. Um, the, the, the concept there is, is that, you know, you don't know what you need to know and real entrepreneurs embrace that and they go, Hey, yeah. look, you know what? I don't, and I might mess up, but I'm going to own those mistakes. I, I am the guy and I'm going to yeah. learn how not to make those mistakes again. Um, I was talking to someone It's interesting because it has zero to do with this conversation, literally zero to do with it. But we were having a conversation about how some people accept feedback and some people don't accept feedback. And what I was what I was saying, just in my if I had to like zero in on what I think are qualities of people who don't accept feedback, I would say or don't accept feedback very well. OK, let's put it that way. It would be. That maybe they're insecure and they and they don't they just have a hard time hearing that they're not on top of it. Maybe they're faking it a little bit too much and they don't want to be they don't want to be sought out. Um, maybe it's just maturity. You know, maybe they just need need to realize that feedback is what makes you better. Feedback is what makes you stronger. I always sought it. I hired people who sought it. Um, but as an entrepreneur, if you don't like feedback, you're in serious trouble, aren't you? <laughs> You know, um, at the end of the day, it's about money. Um, and money is how we keep score, right? That is the ultimate in feedback. One of the things we learned along the way was that uh, when we gave beer away, um, people always said the same thing. They were, it, was, it was the best beer ever. They were so appreciative of it. Um, and then when we started selling it, um, you know, now they got to exchange money for that opinion. And now you actually learn very, very quickly who uh, likes your products and who does not. And, and to me, that dollar is the ultimate in feedback. Mm -hmm. um, the ability to overcome adversity. And we've, we've told the long, very difficult story. But it's, it's interesting. When I think about Hurricane Katrina, it's now been 18 years. You know, think about that. Or soon to be 18 years. Eight, think about that. That's uh, unbelievable to me because every, every in my mind, for a lot of people who like you and me and people of our age that were engaged in the community in the way that we were uh, before and after Katrina, everything is kind of pre-Katrina and post-Katrina in my mind. Uh, you know, so much of it is, yeah. and I think it's important actually. We capture a lot of the lessons we learned along the way, but you know, okay, so eighteen years. You're, you're around 20 years old now. Your company, Lazy Magnolia. So two 
years, man, you had spent two years of developing this company and then you got washed away. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then you came back. And then you had other challenges, and then you came back, and then you had the pandemic, and then you had to learn to turn on a dime. But, I mean, we would pray that the average entrepreneur would not have to deal with that level of adversity. But, boy, does it teach you it, – What is it teaches you a lot about how to stay the course even with insurmountable adversity. Um, so uh, there's a great book, um, American Sniper. Um, that that talks about Navy SEAL training. Yeah, I don't know and, the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and it shows up in a couple of other books that talk about Navy SEAL training based on Admiral Stockdale's uh, the Stockdale paradox. His mm -hmm. observation was uh, Vietnam. He was captured, Hanoi Hilton, and uh, his observation was is that pessimists they die, and his observation was is that the optimists they die later, and it's the people who simply put one foot in the other who embrace today. And simply go, hey, I will not be beat. Those are the people who will survive. And entrepreneurship weeds, it's, it's very selective in a very similar way, right? Is that, you know, if you don't believe you can make it, you can't make it. But if you keep hoping that tomorrow is going to be a better day and that somehow magically, right, customers are going to show up, you ain't going to make it. You've got to you've got to get down in there. You've got to get dirty and you've got to figure out where the value proposition is. Right? How do you reach the people you need to reach, and how do you get them to part with their money and show you the love and support so that you can be successful? Yeah, and it's not just them. It's not just the consumer parting with their money, but it's investors, and that that that's a you know <laughs> bank involvement or whatever it might be. That's that's hard when you're talking about big bucks, isn't it? I had a guy come to me one day and he said, "Man, how did you get this thing funded? I have been to like three banks and they all said no." And I said, "What's well, that's kind of surprising because I went to all the banks and they said no. They're like, what do you mean? I mean, I went to all the banks. I went to every bank on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I walked through their doors and asked them for money and they all said no. And he was like, well, that's disheartening. How do you, how do you get over that? And I'm like, I don't know. You just keep going. Because you know, every time you get told no, that puts you one step closer to the yes you're looking for. And you know, the, the thing is that you learn every time someone tells you no, right? You ask, well, why? Why does this not work? You know, how does this not work for you? What are the numbers, right? You take that feedback that we talked about earlier, right? And you you spin that feedback into what's the next thing that we're going to do. And I got smarter and smarter and smarter until I figured out what the banks were looking for and how to hack them effectively into giving me what I needed in order to be successful. Whoo, man. And then and, and something like something so refined, especially as it relates to Log Linear Group, so refined as some innovative approaches to how you're going to use radar. And, um, and once you sort of proved yourself, like you said, man, it took a long time. It took a lot of money. But once you got that groundwork laid, then it, it starts to open up more opportunities after that, doesn't it? Uh, it gets a little easier, and and you, and you develop a better network, right? And you run into other people, and you know, as, as the saying goes, right? Uh, success has many fathers, failure has but one mother, right? <laughs> so you know, if you are successful, if you've shown the tenacity, right? If you've shown the ability to plan your way through some of these challenges, right? People start to believe in you, and I mean, a great example you look at like Elon Musk and 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 people at that level, right? You know. Yeah, he, he did this little thing, right? He did PayPal, right? And and people said, well, that's kind of successful. And they gave him a little bit of money so that he could do the SpaceX project. 
And they're about to launch the biggest rocket that has ever been built on this planet. And they're days away from launching it. And you go, I mean, how does that happen, right? I mean, he didn't have enough money to do it, but he, he built it up. He built a network, and people are willing to bet on people who are successful. Yeah. Elon Musk is such a great example. What a, what a great example. It's interesting. One of, one of the early partners for Elon Musk with PayPal was uh, Knight Ritter, the company that I used to work for. And many of, and there was a there was a predecessor to PayPal. I got to try to remember what the name of it was. Um, it's not coming back to me. But but anyway, um, yeah, he was he was a smart young dude. And I mean, most of the people that I knew who engaged with him saw him as being you know this unbelievable brain. And uh, who would know that this accumulation of knowledge would continue on and he would launch Tesla and do all of this? I, I believe actually on, on Twitter, incidentally, that he's going to figure it out. And what he's learning about Twitter, what he learned about Twitter's biases, what he's come to appreciate about free speech is all sort of playing out before our very eyes. And then, you know, he's never seen Twitter, incidentally, as being just, I mean, certainly it is one of the most important news delivery tools around the world. In fact, I think it's the number one news delivery tool around the world. But he, he doesn't see Twitter's future being just that. He sees, you know, that the, the users they brought in, that they can create some kind of a WeChat, Chinese WeChat approach, where there's a super app that has payments and all these capabilities wrapped up into this super app. And um, you know what, man? He did it with Tesla. He did it with SpaceX. He did it with PayPal. He's he's involved in these other... He's about, man, he's about to start his own... Of course, he's sort of the brainchild behind the AI uh, uh, chatbots that we're looking at today. And um, he's about to start his own AI. And of course, what he says about AI is just scary in and of itself. But Oh, it's an existential threat. Don't it don't is. don't let anybody kid you. It's an existential threat. So I did this just the other day, Ricky. I, I said, uh, "Hey, look, I need." Uh, I asked ChatGPT. I said, "Hey, look, I need some code that will take this file and turn it into this data and display it for me." And it wrote the code for me, and it gave me an error, and it fixed the error. You know. Ooh. We, our parents, had to know where to find, they had to know the information. You and I had to know where to find it. And our kids are simply going to need to know how to ask the question. Yeah. Well, look, this whole notion of machine learning and AI, I mean, I was I was on to this with what, how Elon, uh, Elon Musk, how he thought about it based on what he'd written years ago. Anyway, we'll come back. We'll, we'll continue this part of the conversation. We'll see you after this break with Mark Henderson. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Mark Henderson. It's been terrific. I always enjoy spending time with Mark. Um, when we went to break, we were actually talking about the uh, artificial intelligence and our concerns around artificial intelligence and what most of the smart people in the world think will happen if this if we just you know unabatedly push forward what Elon actually pushed forward and it was an idea it's been several years ago actually that there needs to be an FAA 
around this kind of stuff. You know, like like we have. I mean, imagine air flight today without the FAA. The federal government ought to start caring about these things. What 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 happens though, unfortunately, Mark, and you've seen this over and over again, whether it's a discussion about how Facebook uses AI or whatever it might be. You know, a discussion in Congress about Twitter that they really don't have the capabilities to even understand the depth of technology that they need to understand in order to get this done. I do think they're having more serious conversations about it, incidentally, than they've ever had before because they're realizing with with these with the new AI that's being launched now, um, they better get on board and they better get staff to get these issues because if we don't if we just let it go unabatedly, it's not good, man. It's not good. So you were saying during break you've been explore, you've been experimenting some. Yeah, absolutely. I've engaged with ChatGPT, uh, writing code and and doing those kinds of things. Um, and and right now, I'll still tell you, it's very much a tool. Um, you know, it 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 has knowledge that I could absolutely go have. It just has it more closely at its fingertips, and uh, that's pretty powerful all by itself. I mean, it, it's got some understanding of you know how things fit together. Now, then, I would tell you, it's still rudimentary. Um, but the the distance that we have come in ten years, and how fast it's accelerating, where it's going to be, and I, I think you're absolutely correct, right? So for you know if you think about the medical side of the community, right, we have ethics boards, right, that review things and go, yeah, we probably should not be cloning children, right? Yeah. We you know there's some things that we probably should not do, and you know capitalism doesn't doesn't have those constraints. It is us as a society. We have to collectively come together and go, no, we're not going to do that. And, uh, you know, put in the, the protections uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, now then, you know, it has the potential to be amazingly good for all of us. And it has the potential to be an absolute disaster. It is. A, it is. It, right. It could be. I, I think about just um, we think about cybersecurity and how. Yeah. Chinese, let's say, you know, this this seems to be our biggest <laughs> worldwide uh, concern these days, but how they could use uh, AI as their own sort of uh, technology nuclear bomb in, inside America, I mean, and just shut it all down. I mean, of course, you know, that that's... That's actually that's actually possible sooner than later. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the existential threat here is, you know, um, we have we have the lizard part of our brain, right? And it communicates with us through hormones, right? It, it communicates through to us with adrenaline, and with oxytocin and serotonin and things of that nature, right? And we've got our higher level brain functions that sit on top of that, and then and we think we're in control. But, you know, you know, if I starve you of water for three days, right, you'll do anything in the world to go get it. And so we're not as in control as we like to think we are. Um, and, you know, if you imagine a higher level intelligence that we cannot communicate with, uh, that sits, you know, one level above us, it's going to treat us just like the lizard part of its brain. And it's not necessarily going to be pretty. And the things that it can contemplate and think of, if it's you know not ethically bounded, right? You know, is killing people bad? Uh, you know, if it serves a greater good, maybe not. And we certainly don't. We got to be conscious of that for sure. It's uh, it's some scary stuff. You think? I mean, you think about again rudimentary, but again, artificial intelligence is what's been used to determine our news feeds, and uh, and you think about how effective that that they have been. 
and making sure they feed us the sort of news feeds that you and I have talked about in past shows that that crank us up and, and create conflict between us and therefore there's more engagement and Facebook makes more money and all this stuff because they're 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 playing those cards right. Someone had to program that, but once they programmed it, it just kind of ran with it, you know, on its own. And again, that's part of the problem here. We don't even know we don't even know that code's not there for us to see. Okay. One of the beauties of what Elon Musk has done, whether people like it or not, is that he is diving in and with intellectual honesty saying what he's seeing and what he's seeing isn't pretty. And eventually he'll, he, I think he'll eventually make a lot of that code available so that people can see that there's an effort inside Twitter to create balance and not let it lean one way or the other. Uh, that's so dangerous in a democratic society. And uh, I guess if, if they're leaning it towards you, you don't have a problem with it. And if they're leaning against you, you got a big problem with it. But that shouldn't be a conversation that we're having as a democracy, should it? No, it, it's not. And I think a lot of people, they lose sight of this, right? Is that if you've got a stick that can beat someone else, uh, at some point that stick might beat you. <laughs> and, you know, our, our goal should always be to set this up in such a way that freedom is just kind of inherently baked into the system. Hey, we need democracy. We need democracy, which is we need an equal number of people on both sides having public conversations that will make this country better right. and not being you know, poked by some artificial intelligence that wants us to have conflict because these social media companies can make more money. Hey, this was a fun conversation. Congratulations on uh, writing your column. You can, you'll be able to read, Mark, by going to supertalk.fm. Sign up for the app and, uh, and also the newsletter to be delivered direct, directly to your door. Anyway, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure, Ricky. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.